Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, in today's episode, a hotly discussed topic, hopefully this helps some people out, is how to counter the meta. I love how you said that. That's definitely not the way that I put it. I'm not taking credit for it. <laughs> but how to counter the meta. I think there are a ton of strong decks, but I also think there are counters to them as well. I, I don't think there's a deck that's unbeatable right now. And I think that is the basis and importance of every strategy game, right? Like even for sure, even as something as simple as chess, right? For for every really good piece there and move, there is a counter to that, and there's a way to, you know, bypass it. Yeah, this is and this is that's a good analogy too, because this is very much a chess game. Like you move, your opponent moves, you move, your opponent moves, and you continually try to counter each other's moves until somebody gets into a point where they can break that mold of countering each other and then like break free of that. And, and so, yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. And, and hopefully this gives people insight into why certain meta decks work. And so they can look to have those lines, those play lines available to counter said decks. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking Ruby Amethyst. We'll be talking Steel Song. We'll be talking Popsicle. We're talking Discard. Um, and there's a new hotly off the press um, steel amethyst deck that has been seeing a lot of success. Um, and this kind of touches into some of the stuff we talked on on the ink tier list. And so if you hadn't haven't listened to that one, that's probably a good one to go back and listen to as well because we touch on some good points there. But yeah, that's the, that's the topic for the day. Overall, helpful topic. Hopefully, especially to newer players. Yeah, I, I think you know we're we're getting like what halfway through the the set now of of chapter two, moving into chapter three. Product availability is pretty wide now. Single prices are in a good spot, and so if there are new players now that are getting into you know have been kind of like itching on the scene, and you're getting into it, this should hopefully be you know a, a good place to be able to to help you compete at locals. Absolutely, that's what we're here for. Um. So yeah. So with that said, as as always, you can find us in a in a ton of different places. Um, mentioned a couple times now, but want to just iterate again one more time for everybody. We have a TCG Player affiliate link now. If you are not familiar with that, what that means is is everywhere this episode is found, if you're listening to it in the description of the the episode, there is a link to TCG Player where you can buy the singles for the different decks that you want to build that we will be talking about. And if you buy the the cards through our link, we will get a small percentage from TCG Player of that sale to help bolster the podcast and to improve our setup as podcasters. I also like to just point this out like we we've used TCG Player way before this link. That's fair. We've bought, I've bought singles for years from them. We're not this is not a like, you know, out of nowhere website. This is a very reliable and widely used very solid experience for sure so yes if you're interested in buying singles and wanted to use our affiliate link we would very much appreciate it we are going to reinvest it back in the podcast um so that is in the description um on the youtube channel at lumineers quest that is in our um bio and on some of our posts on twitter slash x at lorconapod um also in the description for all the audio versions on all the podcast network on spotify apple iheart and all the other major podcast networks and then lastly, if you have any other further questions or comments you'd like to reach out to us about, you can do so at lorconapod at gmail.com. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, card of the week. I think it's my turn, and I have one picked. So with that said, I'm going with Robin Hood Capable Fighter. I love this card so much. 
And that is hilarious to hear you say because when it came out, we both hated it. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's an indictment of the the earliness at which this card was revealed versus our misunderstanding of it. Because mm-hmm. I think in a vacuum, this card does suck. Well, I, I don't, sucks might be a, suck might be a strong word. No, I, I take it back. It, in a vacuum, it sucks. But I think in a in a world of Hyper aggro Pinocchio and hyper aggro Lilo slash Maleficent on Amber Amethyst. Massive. They play him, you kill him. I think in a world of damage dealing, he's really good too. I know you tried to do some stuff with Beast Relentless and Emerald. You can get there, and if it works, it really works. Yes, it um, does. And I think more importantly, which is extremely important to the discussion of this episode, which is why I chose this card, is... The direct damage dealing, steel song, and other other important ways to deal with unexerted cards. I think that in today's meta with flutes and the spell books and other passive ways to gain lore like goats and whatnot, being able to deal with cards before they're exerted is very, very important, and this gives you that ability. It's and not necessarily the biggest impact in that. That way of things, you know, like actions and and songs would do probably a much better job at that, but this sails on the board. Which it definitely does, and I definitely did not give any stats on the card when we started this, so I'm gonna <laughs> gonna regroup on that one real quick. So Robin Hood Capable Fighter is a steel card, two cost, uninkable, uh, one strength, three willpower, quests for one, but his main point that we've made about all this thus far is his ability, which says exert to deal one damage to chosen character. So again, he can deal one damage to an unexerted character or an exerted character and not take any damage himself. Um, he can also attack other vulnerable targets that may already have damage on them. Um, he kind of negates like the LeFou line where you're readying a character back up to keep them from being vulnerable because it doesn't matter if they're vulnerable or not because he can take, take care of them for one damage. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of a lot of variability in there and the the way that he's can play um and we will definitely come back to the importance of why that ability is so important when we get to the steel song matchup so a little little segue yeah a little little bit of foreshadowing there for sure um okay news what's on our mind league match recap um a fun experiences cards thoughts we promise it's not gonna be a park segment <laughs> we promise <laughs> if, if you listened to last week we got a little sidetracked because of a disney trip and talked about parks the entire time <laughs> gives you some insight into our thoughts and why we're such big lorcana fans to begin with so promise it's not gonna be that promise um yeah so do you want to start or do you want me to start you can start okay can start. <laughs> okay um, look, look, mine has been very holiday-centric, my news, and getting out of that and New Year planning. Yeah, that's fair. I think that the the big thoughts on my mind going forward is, well, like I said, we're halfway through um, we're halfway through Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborn. We're getting to the place now where like the Inklands reveals are going to start popping up pretty significantly, I would imagine. We've, you know, seen the announcements. We've seen a few other, like, a few other cards pop up on social media. Um, I would imagine we're to the place now where that starts to come fast and furious. And so I'm going, I th- we, we've said this before, and I think we'll just reiterate this real quick, is that we're not going to, like, touch on every card. I think we're going to do, like, 
a news recap or maybe like a, a bigger episode like once a month on like all the stuff that's been revealed. This Robin Hood capable fighter that we just discussed, we made in a vacuum comments on the card and probably shouldn't have because the ability slash viableness of a card changes very much given the package around it. I will so. say at the very least, um, we will cover every location because those are complete new. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely mention that there's a bunch of stuff revealed and if mm-hmm. people are interested, kind of where you can find some of this, the, in, the info if you want to go see it. But I think in general, like deep diving into the cards, like kind of like we did this last round for Floodborne, is, is probably going to be a little different and we're definitely going to tweak it. And so feedback, I guess, would be appreciated, right? Yeah. I mean, if there's a way that our listeners want to receive this info, or information, then that would help us decide the best route as to how to reveal the info to everyone and how to like discuss the cadence at which we talk about this because I think it gets you know it it, it takes away from the the overall like vibe I guess of the show if you know all we're doing is well there's six more cards this week that came out let's talk yeah. about these real quick because. We rush through it. You don't get the full like picture of all of the, everything that's being released, and so we're gonna change that up a little bit and do it more sporadically, but have more holistic views at what's been coming out and kind of how we feel that this is cha- is shaping up to be compared to what we've seen thus far. We could also make it maybe a card of the week kind of thing, where like instead of a pre-existing card, yeah, that's true too. So. Where um, we could pick one of the reveals that we think is noteworthy to yeah. talk about. I like. I mean, that's actually probably something we should we should look at doing. I like that idea a lot. Also, we could make it even like a poll, fan poll kind of thing where the community could help out in what cards we talk about because maybe there's a card that makes a big splash that we probably need to talk about where there's other ones that we don't. Yeah, I don't remember like when they started releasing legendaries and when they started talking about immediately because like, it was the the oh bell. the bellhead Narsha, that's right. Yeah, I so so depending on like the rarity and stuff of them too, it might be worth. Like looking at a few of them versus others, but in general, yeah, we're gonna switch that up a little bit. And so, you know, thinking about how close we're getting to some of those, and 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 getting to the you know the very like normal cadence of a lot of that stuff releasing, I think you know we got to a point pretty halfway through last time where it was almost once a day. I mean, it was definitely like mm-hmm. every other day, and then it very much became you know one a day, and then it very much became like four a day, and then very much became like you know. 15 to 20 a week until we got like half the set done and then it was like another 30 and then it was the whole set so we're just we're on that we're on that like cusp of that happening again and so just kind of wanting to give everybody a a thought on what we're going to do on that going forward and by the way like this this time with the last chapter we were a lot further into it than than we were now like they revealed a lot fast so we're going a little slower which i completely like Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's like the main thing I think. Just to like get a note out there for everybody. Um, I think the other thing that's been on my mind is the diversity of the meta, which again is kind of going to segue us into the main topic. But um, Jake and I had a, a a very disagreeing opinion on how the meta this time it was versus the meta last time. And I completely um, retract my previous statement. I was I I did not plan that. That is that is Jake coming clean and coming to the right side. So I I'm glad that he sees the sees the light now because you know there's still Ruby Amethyst, there's still Steel Stong, but I think that since the last time we talked, there's probably three other like really good meta decks that have that have arisen. 
um, which I enjoy very much. We've talked about this. We talked about, talked about this in the last episode, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it in the episode before that. The ability to change the meta and to like not just evolve, meaning everything is kind of the same, but you're putting new cards in there, but to completely like revolutionize the way the game's played. Locations looks to do that, but again, like getting Emerald into a place where you can do that and, and making the meta change over time is what keeps it fresh and fun. And so that's something that we look forward to, which is, you know, why I like this meta better, but also we can get into some of those decks because that's the main topic as we talked, as we touched on uh, at the start. Alrighty. Yeah. I retract my statement. Chapter Ooh, two meta is better. Big time. Everybody mark this. We are 12 minutes and 47 seconds into the episode and mark it because Jake is on the good side now. Um, okay. I'm still a villain sympathizer. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't ever plan on changing you from that as much as I wish I could. I know that you're stuck in those bad ways, and so I just accept you for who you are. I'm just gonna hang out with Scar and Jafar over here. We're just <laughs> chill. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, do you have a specific meta deck that you would like to start with? Yes, I do. Which <laughs> it's one? A pretty would that obvious be? one. Um, Ruby Amethyst Pounce. Okay, Ruby Amethyst. It is my my bread and butter. This this chapter, um, as was Ruby Amethyst in the prior chapter. Yep. the The thing I like about this one, just on the on the surface, before we like dive into it too much, is that there are a couple different versions. I would say that mm-hmm. the the Absolutely. the card list like kind of changed last set a little bit like there were you know a new card added here and there or a new card added here and there that changed it but i think now there's we're seeing that as well like ursula i'm, I'm sure you haven't seen because it's very recently but ursula has very much come back into the foray that's pretty on, on ruby amethyst um but there's also kind of like two versions there's more the aggro version and there's more the like controlly version you know, you've got the Arthur package to be a little bit more aggro. You've got the controlly package with like Ursula and Elsa, and now do you still have Dragonfire and be prepared in that? Of course, in the aggro. Yeah, I would think so. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Ruby Amethyst, the main. But regardless of all that we just said, the main engine package that this revolves around is the Merlin Mem Bounce, which we've touched on a couple times. But it is by far the most broken like mechanic group of cards in the game so you have the mem snake and mem fox that when they're played they bounce a card back to your hand and then you have the merlin side of that which when they enter and leave play they give you an ability so the rabbit draws cards when they're played and leaves play and the goat the most annoying card in the set gets you a lore <laughs> when it enters play and gets you a lore when it leaves play and so that ability can snipe your opponent a victory without them being able to do anything. They could think they're in the clear and you're not in lethal range, but sure enough, you're in lethal range because you've got two goats in your hand, you play the two goats, you quest for the rest of your board, and then you win. And so that, that, that core package of the bounce and play and ability on bounce and play is what makes it really impactful because it's so hard to to challenge because stuff can maybe never be exerted because you exert to quest you bounce it off there's nothing you can do as far as the challenge goes so you have to have other tools available to you to deal with those cards care to (laughs) elaborate um no like i i think and there's even ways like 
let's say you have a, a like, and I've done this multiple times, let's say you have a exerted, open-to-attack Arthur. Then you bring out something like LeFou and ready it up, and that gets you ready to make an even bigger, you know, lore gain the following turn. Like, there's, there's even ways to counter the counters with it, and that's what makes this deck probably the hardest to deal with in in the game it's one it's definitely one of them for sure and so the the biggest so we're the whole episode's around countering the meta and so if we're going to talk about countering the meta the biggest kind of light bulb that i've had recently is that that entire package every card we just mentioned has three or less health majority of them at three arthur three willpower snake three willpower goat three willpower fox three willpower rabbit three willpower all of them have three willpower. So there's a theme there. So how do you deal with this package? You know, I think it's at its best when... And, and then again, I guess another one that throw in there that isn't part of the bounce package but is also a really, really important tool in the set is Minnie Mouse Stylish Surfer. Mm -hmm. She's the three cost evasive quests for two um and ruby so with three cost and evasive and quests for two that's very annoying to deal with because it gets out before pascal it gets out two turns before Dragonfire, it gets out three turns before lady tremaine and so unless you have a way to deal with again the three willpower without direct damage then they're questing away and so the 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 theme of dealing with ruby amethyst especially early on is having the ability to deal three damage to things and the biggest counter currently is the steel song matchup in my opinion which i'm not saying you have to play steel song to to counter ruby amethyst um because also the the amber or not amber sorry the amethyst steel deck that's starting to pop up in the meta is very strong as well um, but direct damage is definitely one of the the best ways to do it. And again, direct damage is going to be an answer to a lot of these things. But since they that package has the ability to be not exerted the vast majority of the time, as you mentioned, with Arthur and the Mims bouncing things, there's going to be a lot of times throughout your matchup in Ruby Amethyst that your opponent does not have exerted cards. And if you aren't going to ever have exerted cards, challenging is not going to be the best option. So you can go faster. Another option is to go faster than them. If you want to play aggro and quest, 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 then force them to challenge you. If they just keep bouncing, then they've only got one card on the board. You've got three or four. They can't kill all those. And I will say this like might play into like the, the discussion for newer players. But um, just with my experience, uh, Steel Song... Steel Amber Song is much more, or much like more inexpensive than Ruby Amethyst. I would say that you know, most of the time it is a cheaper deck to build. It definitely can be. I think it depends on your 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 brew of it. Like I know if you're if, if you're going trying to cure Rapunzel, then obviously it's going to be a more expensive deck. But yeah. you don't need those to counter. Like no, you, there are a couple versions of Steel Song too. The one I'm currently playing has. Um, Surfer Stitch, Rapunzel, and Tragic Hero, and so that's not the most eco-friendly, but if you're playing more aerial wheel with just get out uh, a whole new world and then playing, you know, like a, a queen to get it out even earlier if you need to, um, that can be really disruptive, and that's a good point too. So like if, you know, we've definitely talked about the importance of the mulligan and the importance of your starting hand, 
And so think about this. Your opponent like handpicked the seven cards that they start with because they mulliganed to get those. And then on turn two, you a whole new world it. Their entire hand. No, this like I don't like this card can be spotty in general, but whole new world as because it's not like you know discard seven cards. No matter how much they have, it it's all gone. Yeah. Like I think I had last I had eleven cards. And I was <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe not trying to bait it. But I discarded eleven cards to one whole new world. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's definitely one of the, the viable options to like throw your opponent off the game. Uh, I do before we move on to the next one, I do want to touch on the, the, the number three, like I touched on, you know, like I said, the three is if you can deal three damage in a turn, you're going to have a really successful um, option against uh, Ruby Amethyst. So grab your swords and um, let the storm rage on. Both do two damage to either the board or a, a chosen character. And so that's where, the, again, so going back to the Robin Hood, I said this would come back. The Robin Hood is incredibly important because both of those only do two damage. If you have that Robin Hood to do the third damage, then you're in a really good spot. I can see um, that extra. And then another alternative to those is Strength of a Raging Fire, which does the amount of damage to the characters you have on board. So on turn three, um, if you have the Cinderella from Amber that can sing, that is the Singer three, then she can sing on turn three and kill your opponent's snake or fox or whatever's on the board. So again, very disruptive to the balance because then they have nothing on board to balance. So I think that all of those are really good. I also think from chapter one, which is a probably one of the cheapest cards you can come across, be Smash. You know, it's not the most flashy, sexy card around, but it deals three damage to any character, gets them off the board, and you keep and you keep chugging. And at some point, if you know you don't have the rest of the packages needed to do some of this, then that's a, a very good alternative to go with. It's not bad by any means. I mean, it, it gets the job done. It's gone. Continue. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And and so, um, yeah. So I think that's one. You know, once you get into the territory of be prepared and ruby amethyst, um, you just have to be aware of your opponent's opportunity to to clear the board at any time and not overcommit to anything, um, and then just kind of pray they don't have you know removal for every turn because that's where ruby amethyst really succeeds and there's not a lot you can do about it so um i think that i think that covers that one pretty well right anything we missed i mean i think yeah i think everything we kind of covered um and just caveat for every counter we talk about there is new strategies being invented every single day in morgana pretty much um so there there could be like i i don't like there could be an instance where like a little Emerald steel deck that I may maybe made in the beginning could, could get some traction. Should make a little comeback. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, with that said, we've talked about Steel Song kind of countering and being one of the good ones. So I think it's smart to switch, turn the tables on Steel Song. Absolutely. Um, steel Song is very much reliant on its ability to sing, hence the Steel Song title of the deck, especially with Cinderella and and Ariel, if you take their Cinderella off the board, you know, they, 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 th- Steel Song thrives when it has the ability to control the board early. You know, the idea is to play Cinderella, play like a Simba turn two to protect Cinderella, and then play Ariel turn three and turn four, blow up your hands and start over. And ideally by that turn, you've sang a couple songs and to keep the board clear, and so you've only got one or two cards left. Got some flutes on the board. Yeah, maybe a flute on the board or so. If you 
can prevent them from singing, whatever that looks like. If that's pack attack, if that's um, dragon fire, if that's you know rush. I know like the the queen of hearts rush character and ruby can catch people off guard. If that's Maui, um, there are a lot of opportunities to to create openings for that. Um, I've I've had people kill my Simba and my Cinderella off guard and catch me off guard quite a few times and it's very annoying. I did it to you a couple times last night. Yeah. If if you can disrupt that tempo that they're starting to build before they get to a whole new world, you're in a very good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, it's very easily said, not necessarily easily done. Um, but again, you know, direct damage onto Cinderella. Um, her having two willpower is very key because two resist. Is that what you mean? No, Cinderella, oh. the small one, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the singer in Amber is very is very key because teeth and ambitions in Ruby Amethyst is is pretty known. You know, so it deals two damage to one of your characters to deal two damage to chosen opposing character. So you can just get rid of the small Cinderella. Um, that would you know again direct damage would be a big one. Another one is like if you ramp fast against it, that's the one big deal. So like popsicle, which we'll touch on quickly here at the end is is a good one because popsicle and um sapphire ruby can ramp up the amount of ink really really quick really quick and once you get to six seven ink it's just like this the amber or this the the amethyst ruby matchup once they get to be prepared it's very hard to deal with because everything after that you don't have any enough direct damage to deal with and so those big bodies are very difficult um, and so that is another very good counter to it, uh, would be Popsicle or Ramp in general. Um, I've played a couple decks against like Amber Steel, or not Amber, Sapphire Steel, sorry. And so they would ramp with Sapphire and they would use Beast Tragic Hero to draw off of. And that was very incredibly hard to deal with because they got to that six, seven, eight ink really quick. And then you're pulling out your Beast Tragic Heroes, you're pulling out your Tinkerbells, you're pulling out your Cinderella Stouthearteds, and Amber just can't deal with that very well. It doesn't have the the strength to deal with those big bodies. Um, so the two big like strategies or kind of thought processes around beating Steel Song is disrupt tempo early on, mm-hmm. meaning don't let Cinderella stand the board and keep seeing. Try to kill Ariel before she can sing a whole new world and make them hard cast it. Anything that you can do to make them hard cast their songs is going to win you the game. Later in the game, it's get big bodies on the board because the, the removal they have is all to do with small cards. You know, two, three, maybe four damage. But after that, five, six, seven willpower is going to be very hard to take out. And I mean, that's just like, especially when you get to like a stout hearted or something like that. To that point. Well, resist plus two. You're not doing any damage. You're not doing any damage. Um, and obviously, you know, like, the, the obvious thing to say is, like, direct removal counters basically anything, except if it has ward. Um, but then be prepared negates that. But, I mean, big bodies are always going to have their place in the meta. And, and the ramp gets you there quicker, which makes it even more difficult. Absolutely. Okay, so the next one I think we have to touch on, um, just because it's one of the ones at my heart would be the discard and i'm not on the current like massive meta version of discard uh we touched on that last episode you're gonna ride this train till it crashes i I really i think i'm gonna play this next next week at league because i like it that much i'm still on the amber 
the amber the amber emerald version with um, you have forgotten me and hypnotize and sudden chill. Um, but there is a new version going around that deals more with the Floodborne discard, which we talked about on our Floodborne episode, um, and how when you play a Floodborne character, Bucky forces you to discard one. So like turns four, five, six, you've got like Jafar from the Steel uh, Floodborne, you've got Beast Tragic Hero, you've got Tinkerbell Tiny Tactician, you've got um, Donald Duck Perfect Gentleman in Emerald, you've got the Flynn Rider in Emerald, and so there's just a lot of tools available to you to force your opponent to discard passively because you're not playing an action to discard like the Amber version, which I think is why most people find it better. Um, but that said, when you're playing discard, your idea is to obviously disrupt your opponent's hand. If you see your opponent playing a discard deck, the initial tempo is very slow. So for instance, if you're playing the Bucky John version that's very rampant out there right now in the Emerald Steel side, turn one, the deck actually doesn't have a one drop card. They're not playing anything turn one. So you can you can get out ahead. So you can get out ahead. But then turn two, they're playing Bucky. Turn three, they're playing John. And what are their intentions with Bucky and John? Keep them ready. To literally just sit there. So that means turn one, two, three, they're doing nothing. So if you see that coming, board presence is important. But it's also even more important to not ice your hand out. If you just if you just throw all your cards away, inking and playing and inking and playing and inking and playing then you're in trouble. If you don't have any card draw in your hand early on, you have to be very cognizant of that and be very very careful with what you decide to do, either inking or playing or both. Because if you do both three turns, on turn four, they're gonna, tr- they're gonna cause you to discard a card, maybe even two. And that's when you have to be very careful. And so again, did this to your brother last night and, and he was just caught off guard. I, on turn four, I caused him to discard two cards. One of those cards was a whole new world, and from then on, he was done because he had no way to replenish his hand. And so, the best way to deal with discard is to understand that it's there, and if you know that it's coming, don't get to a place where they can discard your whole hand and make sure that you have the card draw ready to outpace the discard. Especially, this helps if you're playing at best two out of three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because played one game with them, you know it's coming. Um, any any deck where you're able to basically prepare and bolster yourself up to to deal with that situation, hundred um, percent. You're gonna you're gonna be better every single time you play it, more than likely. Yep. And so I, I I touched on the steel version. My amber version that I'm still playing is very much the same. You're not really trying to discard much until turn four. Um, you have more early game in the amber yeah. build. And so the the thought process is the same. If you see it coming, don't be in a position where they can discard your whole hand and try to create board presence because you know with those first couple characters they're playing with either the amber or the steel version of discard. They're not trying to be aggressive with those characters. So you, you're not in a place where you're going to get down 7-0 on lore from Prince John and Bucky questing. It's just not going to happen. And so get board presence early to deal with this card and then don't let them ice your entire hand out. Like be in a position where the cards that they're discarding are either unimportant and not all the time you, you can't be in that position. And so 
where if you do get something discarded, it's not going to disrupt your entire game. You know, again, if you've only got one card left and it's Beast Tragic Hero or A Whole New World or Rockstar Stitch or Surfer Stitch or Friends on the Other Side or, you know, Merlin Rabbit, then it's going to get discarded and you're in trouble. And so be, again, in in a place where you can absorb a discard and continue to play your game. Those are kind of the two, you know, I guess there's kind of two sides to every strategy so yep. far, and that's the two for this one. Any any other any other thoughts? I know you hate playing me when I play discard, so I don't know if you have any other thoughts from the other side of that. No, I absolutely despise it. It's the most annoying play in the game. I, I, I will, like, I know everyone says it's bounce. It is 100% discard. I think the reason people say it's bounce instead of discard... Because you see it a lot more than discard. Well, I think it's just a better, more rounded deck. But you're right. In general, dealing with this card is more annoying. It's just harder to win against. I just got my be prepared. I drew it. Now I can shift the game. I, uh, you forgot me. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah. So, getting into one of the final two decks, and there's not a ton to say on this one because it's very much in the same vein as um, a lot of the other stuff we've already talked about. But the Steel Amethyst deck that's coming out now. I have not seen this one. Now. I know. So the the I'll, I'll touch on this one because this one isn't as as popular, um, but it, it it's it's very much in the vein that you would see from steel on the amber steel side, and very much in the same vein that you see from amethyst on the ruby amethyst side. You have the full bounce package for the merlins and the mims. You have like the hard removal package from steel, and so you can see how those two kind of mesh together. You have a lot of removal to keep the board clear early because again, like we said for ruby amethyst, the best way to Defeated is to get board presence early and to keep them from being able to bounce. So steel helps with that. But then you also have your own bounce package. So deal with their bounce, bounce yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, it, there's nothing like crazy new functionally about it. It's bounce package. And then we, we also talked about the importance of three willpower. I mean, it's necessarily, it's, it's almost like a counter deck within itself. Yeah, you know? it, it really is. I mean, it really, it, that, that's why this, somebody brewed this up. Again, this is not me making these decks and saying this is the best. This is what I've seen on social media and on Pixelborn. Um, it this this was made to be a better counter to Ruby Amethyst. Um, but yeah, so you can create board presence early. You've got a lot of three willpower cards. You've got Tiana, uh, the one three um, in steel because again, it's going to be immune to teeth and ambitions. It's going to be immune to uh, strength of or not strength of raging fire to that kind let of the storm rage as on. Well? Hmm. Okay, I for some that's reason. the shift Tiana, not yes, the, the yeah, one three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's got Prince Eric, which again has three willpower, but also has Challenger to take out their snake or their uh, fox. Um, then you've got obviously like your your standard steel package with Tinkerbell, Giant Fairy, Cinderella Stouthearted, Beast Tragic Hero, and all of the other things to like really put pressure as far as challenging goes. So there's nothing there's nothing like new about it. It's just a really good like tight knit like list that somebody put together and i wish i wish i could shout out whoever wrote whoever made this on um on on social media but i'm unfortunately did which should have should have had that ready but um that being said steel steel am or steel uh amethyst is really strong and so that that kind of deals with their in the vein of having to deal with this is the same vein as i would say ruby amethyst you want to get board control early disrupt their ability to do their bounce package because again it revolves around the bounce package so keep them from being able to bounce keep them from having board control um, and then either go really quick to outrun it or you know create your own board control with 
your your songs that you're singing in in amber and amber steel or your items in your popsicle deck or you're ramping quick enough to outrun that to be prepared all of their stuff and then be ready to deal with all the stuff after the fact Um, because they don't have all the ruby removal that you get in ruby amethyst and so once you get to be prepared then you're in a good shape there too that's the number you just said that's the number one thing they don't have the removal so you play into that they have low removal of steel, not high removal of ruby amethyst. And so again, racing to be prepared like you would against steel song or like you would against discard is is one of the keys. So, mm-hmm. you know, board control early, removal late. Yep, I agree. Um, and then last one would be um, quickly here, I think is Popsicle we need to touch on. Because Popsicle is, it, they've there's a lot that can counter it now it's not the strongest ever like it was for the first week when it was running rampant yeah so this like this is an interesting story because i feel like it it had its its day in the sun the insane rise and fall of popsicle and it like i just think you know like it's a really interesting like we didn't really have this in chapter one we didn't really have a deck rise to the occasion and then instantly fall you're you're 100 correct um this one is a very unique tale but i think it it's Still played enough to where we need to talk about the counters. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I 100% agree, which is why I want to touch on it real quick. I think this one is a little different um, because the reason Popsicle was so good was because it ramped so fast and because the draw, card draw, that you got off of it was best in the game. Mm-hmm. The counter to Popsicle is, is very straightforward in my mind, and there's... Because and I, and I say this for a couple reasons. I'll give you the strengths of Popsicle and why it's so good. Is its removal is better than any deck. Be prepared, Maui, Tremaine, Dragonfire, Maleficent, Monstrous Dragon, Hades, Infernal Schemer, Let It Go. I just named six card removal spells slash characters. Upwards of that, yeah. So every turn past Be Prepared, which you can get to Be Prepared on turn four or turn five. With like let it or one jump ahead, late uh, one jump ahead, Gramatala and Fishbone Quill, you could get there by turn five. And so, you know, like Hyper Aggro, like you just be prepared their whole board and they don't have any card draw, and so they're done. Um, so that's the strength is that it gets to be prepared insanely fast. And after be prepared, you got card removal for every turn. The downside that it has is that it doesn't have any direct lore like your Ruby Amethyst. So you've got goats in Ruby Amethyst that you don't have in Popsicle. You've got spell books that you have that you don't have in Popsicle. And so I will say Popsicle hard counters uh, Steel Song. Like hard counters. Mm-hmm. The flutes make it a little more interesting, but they're getting to, again, they're getting to be prepared so fast that they might get to be prepared before you get to a whole new world. And if they get to be prepared before you get to a whole new world, you've got no singers for your whole new world, and the tempo's toast at that point. Shot. Yeah, yeah. shot. And so it, it hard counters. If, if you're playing Steel Song into a Popsicle, best of luck to you. I hope you have flutes. That'll give you a chance, but you're still probably in a, in a bad spot. Um, but the tempo that you create with the items, meaning are the, the direct lore gainers like your... Uh, like your goats and your spell books and your flutes is that popsicle doesn't have that so popsicle when you can get the flutes and the spell books and the goats on the board that creates a clock 
as to when they have to start questing. And if you have enough removal in your ruby amethyst or your steel amethyst to deal with them, to keep your engine of the goats and the spellbooks working, then you'll win. Which is why Popsicle fell off so fast is because of the flutes and the spellbooks. Which, I mean, are pretty much everywhere in the meta right now. So yeah, it's obvious like that that's going to deter it. Yeah, so the, the reason it fell off, again, to be very clear here, is the clock that spellbooks create just can't be matched by by popsicle you have almost as good of removal with ruby amethyst but you have way better lore management with your goat and your spellbook and so the the control deck went very much back to ruby amethyst popsicle is still a fun offshoot but it's and not still i th i think it's still super playable yeah if you, i mean i i lost a couple popsicle decks yesterday actually so i mean it's it's still a fun still a fun game you're not it's you're not like any like you're still competitive, I think. Like it's no, not, you're definitely competitive. It's I mean, it's still not really playable. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it's again, and what Jake's trying to say is, if you're playing Popsicle, we're not saying stop playing Popsicle. We're saying carry a Benja. Yes. Well, you can't carry a Benja, we, but carry a, a Judy Hops. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people when they've played Popsicle to begin with, they use Judy to bash their own items to draw themselves a card. You have to have Judy Hops ready for the spell books. You have to. If you don't, it there the clock's running, the time's ticking, the goats are questing. <laughs> yeah, plain and simple. Yes. So yeah, that's that's the the way to stay. I mean, I know where, where it's how to counter popsicle, and we're talking about how to win with popsicle. But popsicle's still a good deck. It's just not um, as dominant as we thought it would be when it hit that meteoric rise uh, a couple weeks back. But. Yeah, I, th I think that covers it. I, I hope this is helpful. I think we did a good job on kind of like kind of the early game, late game. You know, on a lot of the controly decks, it's get out early um, against Steel Song. It's you know don't disrupt their board control uh, against you know the bounce package. It's try to disrupt the bounce package, which again is very easy. But hopefully we gave a you know and when we were actually going over it, it's gave a few more like actual examples on how to how to deal with it. And I definitely let you lead the way on this one because you have. A lot more experience in playing multiple decks more so than I do. Like you, you have much more widespread experience. I also read on social media way more and devote way more time to watching Pixelborn streams. But are you saying? Are you saying that's a? Are you downplaying me? Like no, I'm actually saying I have no life and that's all <laughs> I do. So hey, we we do what we do. Man. Yeah, no, no, but that's that's why. Hopefully, that's why people come here is for the. <laughs> The mediocre expertise of the Illuminators questers. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that should hopefully touch on everything. And if there are other questions that people have, there, you know, please feel free to reach out. Either email us or, 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 you know, add us on social media or something, and we'll we'll try to respond. But there are obviously other packages out there that can help with some of these. I think Scar is still played a little bit in some Ruby Amethyst. Um, Ursula touched on, you know, loses a lore. Ursula, you know, makes your opponent lose a lore, so it has a little bit of that heroic outlaw mm -hmm. vibe. You get to draw a card off of it. Um, you know, you've got Alice, which is still played a little bit, but it's in Sapphire, and so it, you know, Alice gives you the support to help you take out other cards, but then also can help her quest for a ton. Um, and then obviously, you know, you've got your Rapunzels and other things you know, that can help you card draw and, and board control and Amber. And so I, th I think there's other things that are still out there that are good, but those hopefully just give you overall themes on like how to deal with that. And then you can pick the cards that you have available to you to fill out those needs. But 
yeah anyways um again everyone this has been fun discussion hopefully everybody found it useful and we appreciate everybody tuning in so until next time all right thank you guys so much thanks bye